at 3 p.m. Stay tuned for The Positive Mind coming up at 4 p.m., followed by Max and Murphy at 5 p.m. A big thank you to the listeners once again who are so generously donated during our most recent fund drive. You are the reason why we call this listener-sponsored media, and we thank you in advance for that. Whatever premiums that you requested during our most recent fund drive, we'll do our best to make sure that they're sent to you as soon as possible as you make sure that you honor your pledge. For those people who want to still donate to this organization, please, by all means, you can go to give to wbai.org or online, give to the number two, give to wbai.org online, or go text to donate mode by texting WBAI to the number 41444 on your smartphone. What will happen is that you'll receive a link on your smartphone. The, um, the link becomes a page, and it will ask you how much you want to donate to this organization. You can donate as little as $5, and every donation is tax deductible. We thank you in advance on your efforts and spreading the word as well. Now stay tuned for the positive mind coming up. Hey everybody, I had to do that for you. If you haven't gotten to the beach yet, you listen to the ocean. We are the Positive Mind, bringing you sounds, concepts, and guests. Try and help you lead a more positively-minded life. We are back from the fun drive. We want to hear from you today. And we wanted to start you off in a, in a mellow mood. You know, one of the things, Nasima, that people like about the beach and the ocean is that they expect to be peaceful there yeah so, uh, listening to that and just in your uh, intro that that song words i got a peaceful easy feeling yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it right. just came into my head uh-huh. you know that's exactly what i get when i'm by the beach right. i get a peaceful easy feeling mm-hmm. We have Julian Joyello and Nasima Diane Diemer in the studio. I am Kevin O'Donohue. This is our summer show, Back from the Fun Drive. We thank you Mm. all who contributed during the Fun Drive. We very much appreciate it. Our premiums have gone out. You should have gotten them by now. If you haven't, you can call us here, and I'll give you that number later. But we do thank you for contributing. We'd also like to get a few donations for our WBAI Buddy Program. So this yeah. is our summer show. I'm going to call it the summer show because we're going to run. Th- we're going to run the sound of waves in the background. See if that does anything to you. You know, a lot of people think that it's hard work to have a positive mind. Mm-hmm. How do you have a positive mind when all of this stuff is going on around us? Well, put on a soundtrack of of the ocean. Yeah. And maybe it won't be so far away. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, we are asking that people contribute to WBAI, the Buddy Program. Give the number to WBAI.org. In the name of the positive mind, we would greatly appreciate it. I think it's $10 a month, so it's 120 for the year. And it's a great endorsement of our show and of the station, and we would appreciate it. But welcome to our summer show. Um, we're going to talk about beach, ocean, and reading today this is a concept mm. you know mm-hmm. reading are people reading anymore oh yeah oh yeah oh, i yeah. think books are you know 
constantly selling more every year. Are you are you looking at me because I'm in my twenties? You're a, you're I'm a millennium. Like, I'm, I'm like I'm like the, s- <laughs> the scourge of the bookstores <laughs> all over the world, right? That's my face. No, That's it's right. actually changing. <laughs> they're you. saying I'm they're kidding, selling they're selling more hard copies. I don't know. Books. I buy I book I buy new yeah. books probably every week, every other yeah. week. Right. Um, all my friends, especially even the fr- younger friends of mine who are like in their uh, you know, very mm-hmm. early twenties or like nineteen, twenty years old. They're obsessed. It's like weird because it's got like a novelty to it, <laughs> which is insane. Right? They're like, I wish it were for me. They're like, know? oh, it's got this novel like that. I love like mm. paperback books. And I was like, I was like, there's other things mm. that you can have. <laughs> and, you know. And now there are audio books, right? Yeah. I mean, which I think takes away a little bit from the experience. Yeah. Because I'm. It's a different to experience. me. You know, reading is one of the most private and intimate things. Yeah that I can do. I mean, I feel like I'm alone in a room with somebody, uh, an author, uh, or material, information, whatever. Or the characters, right. the and, story. And that it's just me and that voice, the voice of the writer Lost on the in other side. Yeah. Yeah. Echoing back and forth in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you see this on the beach. You see people in their vacations. What's the principal thing they're doing? They're reading. Yeah. Even a group of young kids, right? I mean, how yeah. much do young kids have to say to each other after a while? They yeah. they resort <laughs> to their Kindle or their iMac or or no, you really there are books. Yeah, there I mean, like books. We, yeah, there I have a lot of friends. We all we all swap books and we all yeah. are constantly. I mean, I guess I mean I'm part of a you know little group of art artistic more artistic people, but I think really a lot of people are 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 very back into. It. Even Amazon has their own bookstore here in in New York. They opened up a brick right, and mortar like book store, which oh, is kind really? of like. <laughs> strange because you know they, again it's they kind are of kind of the yeah <laughs> they they like they the like antithesis destroyed, of yeah, yeah they destroyed bookstores yeah. and then they come back as yeah, a bookstore here's the concept it's pretty funny. I want everybody out there to go into Amazon and ask for a book that they won't have yeah <laughs> <laughs> if that's possible and then say you know what the Strand you know, has this book right. I know oh, yeah, they do I love the Strand <laughs> you just go into the Strand and just wander around for hours let's hear those waves again Julian yeah. I want to tell people a little bit about the the ocean and the beach and again one of the reasons that the ocean or any body of water is peaceful is because people expect to be peaceful there. And it makes mm. sense. I mean, can you imagine arguing on the beach or arguing around a body of water or really mm. getting caught up in stress and conflict around yeah. a body of water? So yeah, it's not easy. So it's kind <laughs> of like we can pre-program or program our minds not to be bothered in certain places. It's not like the beach has a special thing that other places can't have either. I mean, you can go to a forest. Um, you can watch, just look at grass in your backyard. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, this, it's the yes. same thing if you're on the bus and you're looking out the window. It's the same kind of thing. Mm. Right? <laughs> but there is something, you know, the ocean does have, like yeah. the positive ions. It has the mm. sound. Mm. It has the smell, the sand. It's all pretty unique, Yeah. you know, and different. And I think and a lot people of, And resonate. a lot of blue. In a different way. And a lot of blue. And blue is a color, you know, they're finding is really leads to calmness. It actually meditation does. Meditation yeah. and yeah. creativity. Yeah, on, this, on the light spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're right. I guess there are things. And that the ebbing and flowing of the water is sort of mimicking what it was like in the womb. Yep. It and it, it, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which makes people... Relax. Relax. They're mm. breathing to relax. So I guess you're right. What are we doing here? We should go to the beach. Slow down. Okay, I know. What are we? Okay. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll well, this is our you convinced one day. This is our thank you program <laughs> to the listeners who de- generously donated during the fun drive. We're having fun today. We want to talk about this intimate thing about reading. What are you reading? At you know, I think, I think that's a really intimate question. Mm-hmm. What are you reading? You know, I mean, it's often the last question people ask, but... Imagine if it meant, how are you soothing yourself? Mm. Right? I mean, people read because what? They, they want to get information. They want to stay on top of things. It might be out of some... It makes some you feel a- proactive. It, of it of makes an you entertainment feel. thing, it feels kind of proactive. To mm-hmm. you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's kind of like a controlled entertainment because I can decide how much I want to consume at any sure. time. If I want to do the whole thing, like binge the book, I can right. do that, which people do with TV. Mm-hmm. And now TV is more consumption. You know, the, yeah. the user can consume it as they want. But but there was something about book reading. It's like, oh, I'll just do, you know, I'm just going to do five pages or mm-hmm. I'm going to stop here because I'm getting tired mm. or, you yeah. know. 
Or also, oh, also the book really that the book that you always come back to. It's not a new book. It's something that right. you yeah. constantly yeah. come back to, and it feels like home. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- let's give the number and get some calls from people who can tell us all about their own private world of reading. What book do you keep going back to? Uh huh. What book saved your life? Right. Is there a book I that like saved? That what question. was your What was your favorite book growing up? What was your favorite book in school as a kid? What about in high school? What yeah. was your favorite book then? What's the first book Reading that comes took to on mind? some seriousness once you got into college. It kind of yeah. could ruin the whole reading experience because then this seriousness came Becomes over very you. serious, yeah. yeah. And then you become addicted to seriousness all your life. But we want to know, <laughs> one, what book saved your life? Fun. No. <laughs> what book do you keep returning to? What book was really stimulating, that really touched you in childhood? 212 757 Five 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 five. We've missed saying that number. Yeah. It's been almost a month. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. What yeah. about you guys? I mean, we can kick it off. Uh, well, but, well, but you know, my favorite book, and I thought about this as a kid, was Charlotte's Web. Right. I. I mean, to me, books came alive with that story. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, why? Why did it? Why did it mean so much to me? Um, and befor- because it was read out loud, first of all, mm-hmm. uh, a teacher read yeah. it out loud. I, re- I read but that as a kid as well. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's a I big did book. too. And yeah. I think everybody did. And I realized it's a book about safety. Mm-hmm. There's a pig that has yeah. to is is threatened to be slaughtered, and it becomes uh, saved by this web Charlotte, who who Sorry. writes these fantastic things about this cellmate or this barnmate yeah. Wilbur. And saves Wilbur's life, and I guess I kind of needed saving. <laughs> have, you, right. have you read Have you read that book as an adult? I needed safety. No, I'm going to read it this That'd week. That probably uh, would be really. I'll really read it on the beach. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> to read the book it that was really your favorite book when you were really a kid. Really would be interesting. Yeah, I've I've ordered my favorite book as a kid on Amazon today just because I thought of it, and I'm like, mm. God, I really want to read that story again. It's yeah. called Runaway Ralph. Runaway Ralph. Ralph. What about we, a little what, a little white mouse, a little white mouse who lived in an inn. He got annoyed with his family and. He got this little motorcycle, and he went off to have adventures. Oh. And then he eventually realized that he needs to not be so angry at his family and that they provide safety and that you could, you know, come back. They're mm-hmm. handy to have around. Yeah, they're handy to have around. So, oh, you cute. know, it might not be time for you to quite leave the nest, but, but he really it. wanted to. You knew that, and so you I ended totally up here in New York, and your family is in Ohio. Yeah. So yeah. there's some truth to it. And you felt like you needed to leave them. Yeah. Even at the young age of what? Six, seven, eight? Yeah. In like eight, nine, ten, I think. Two, one, two, seven, five, seven, five, 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 five. It doesn't have to be your favorite childhood story, folks. We're asking for you to tell us how does what is how does reading figure in your life? Do you read? I mean, was there a time when reading was essential? Mm. I mean, for me, reading was essential. Yeah, I was I was obsessed when I was growing up. At seventeen, because I had this daunting thing ahead of me, like college, Mm. and not knowing how to face it. Mm. So I ended up reading for five years. Mm. What about you? What's your favorite? Oh man, when I was younger, I I I used to do like book reading competitions with Mm. my with my class. So (laughs) we would see who could read how many books. So I would I would read like a hundred books a year, something like that. So so when I since I was five, and when I was when I was five and a half, Harry po- the first Harry Potter came out, um, 1997. Okay. Wow, that's young. Five I was five and a half, and I was wow. really into reading at the time. Me, you know, me and my sister had always been into news- reading the newspaper clippings and trying to figure mm. out what it says. Mm-hmm. And so I got the first Harry Potter book as a gift, and I spent like two months reading it because it took. It was f- I was five and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. but I was, I was like, Daddy, what's saturation mean? <laughs> yeah. Dad, what's this big word mean? <laughs> and uh, and I was like learning constantly, and and I was you know similar age to this kid, a little younger than than him, but it was like this this really cool way to just get lost in another kid's um, world, and it was so. I mean, obviously, Harry Potter is the biggest. Uh, series yeah. ever in the entire world I think yeah, yeah. I, think, um, I think but I read huge. the first four books I think like f- like 12 15 times each you know like oh, really obsessed well <laughs> by that time you had already learned how to read fast <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's where I practiced it mm-hmm. yeah it was a yeah w- it would be really actually now that I was suggesting to you to read mm. Charlotte's Web again I definitely got to read the first one again mm-hmm. that would be really cool I haven't read it since I was really? like 10 years old yeah. but Harry Potter is the story of a kid whose parents initial parents original yeah. parents were abusive well, his you know his parents passed away, and then oh, okay. his uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! I know all of the plot points. <laughs> of her, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, his original parents uh, passed away, and then um, 
then he's raised by like I think his uh, aunt and uncle. His aunt and uncle, and they're really horrible. And he lives in under the stairs, and mm. he's got nothing. He's super poor. He's and, uh, bullied. Bullied he's and everything. And then finally, out of nowhere, the the yeah. the answer comes along in the in the shape of an invitation to Hogwarts, which is like this you know this magical school where you learn. About so, what was the most yeah. magical thing about those books for you? I mean, they were literally magical. So <laughs> yeah, I know there's a lot of um, magic. But in yeah, them. no, it was it was getting swept away and in, into this very very f- uh, filled out world of of uh, just wonder, you know, um, and imagining. Mm. Oh, maybe I would. You know, I used to think all the time when I was a kid. Oh, would I get a letter from Hogwarts? You know, would I? Would no. I get a letter oh, really? to go to the school? Yeah, right. and then oh. people, you know, would would give away like you know, kind of like we get letters from Santa Claus or something mm. like that. You know, it's kind of that. Is this? Wow. It's this wonder, wondering if maybe this is real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and just really letting your imagination mm-hmm. fly with it. Yeah. And wanting it to be real, wanting yeah. it to be that there there are ways to you know change things. Absolutely. In yeah. your life, in that way. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. We want to hear from you about a book that maybe saved your life or that you keep returning to. You know, Nasima in Sunday's Times, New York Times last week, this psychologist, Lori Gottlieb, who's got a bestseller on the bed. On the uh, New York Times bestseller list called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Hmm. It's hmm. about a therapist who goes to therapy after a breakup. And she writes this essay in the book review about books that, you know, she suggests to clients that are struggling with an issue right. that they can't see of yeah. their own. Yeah. And so she n- mentions like some really popular books like Running with Scissors, mm-hmm. Augustus Burroughs' book about borderline personality disorder, or, um, you know, Leslie Jameson's book on the recovering for, for, for drinking and uh, alcoholism. Right. And she runs through a whole list um, for narcissism, all, <laughs> all of Philip Roth's books, <laughs> you know, which makes yeah. a lot of sense. Or for the child of a narcissist. Will I ever be good enough healing the daughters of narcissistic yeah, mothers? Yeah, well, that's a more, I I think that's a, a nonfiction book. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, um, the, the drama of the gifted child for narcissism also, which explains the mm-hmm. etiology, the biology, the history and psychology of narcissism. Hey, we've got Alan on the line. Alan, you there? Oh, great. Yes, yes. Um, narcissism, I don't want to touch because of my friend, but you were just mentioning Harry Potter. I yeah. I'm 60 years old, and I've been a reader since I was a toddler, three, two, three books at a time. Hmm. Go to the Founding Fathers. Harry Potter is excellent. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But, but, where did they get it from? Where did that, that woman get it from? Judges and Dragons, all this. You must go to 1956, Lord of the Rings. Okay. okay. Yep. Yeah, of course. Right. If you want to get kids, if you want to get children to understand, mm-hmm. number one, it, it, it was on a global uh, 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 spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yes, Interna- international bestseller. He wrote, Tolkien wrote it during World War. Okay. Yeah. The Hobbit is for the kids. The Hobbit is for the children. Mm. Yeah. Once you get them doing that, the next step is the Fellowship of the Rings. Oh, and let gosh. me tell you what it taught me at 60 years old. Please. When Gollum, when he said, Bilbo said to, to Gandalf the wizard, it's a shame we did not kill Gollum. The wizard, uh, 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 in his deep sleep, woke up to hear that question. He said, well, there are those that live that deserve to die. And there are those that die that deserve to live. Can you give it to them? Hmm. Then don't be too quick to judge death. That's right. Right. And the other thing, the other wisdom I learned was uh, um, um, the the return of the king. The the, the king, uh, oh oh, man, now I can't remember his name. I'm on the radio. Um, uh, (laughs) Well, that's um, one big uh, lesson right there, Alan. You Tell us about the wisdom part. I mean, there are those that deserve yeah, to so die who live. Wisdom. There's so much wisdom yeah. Yeah. involved in Lord of the Rings to teach, not, the, not so much the kids, but to teach young people 
uh, uh, respect, honor, dignity. When you lie, when you tell a lie over the things, you let something bad happen to you. So uh, you understand what I'm saying? It was a, mm -hmm. it was a, it made people so much better. Yeah. Made you they so much better. They advertised on those on the graffiti walls in New York for the winners. Because how powerful. Lord of the Rings. So did this book say, does this book you you keep going back to it, Alan? Yeah. You keep Which one? The, the Lord of the Rings. You, you keep over and over and over again. It's a very now, dense book. This, this is where the women come in there. Wait a minute, Alan. See, and we had Ripley and Aliens. We had women chilling out now. We got that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. let me, let's go back. Yeah. When they were in the war with these dragons and these wizards, dead wizards, was the, was the Nazgul, the nine writers, he said, he told, she, she slipped into the battle, number one, dressed as a man, and she took one of the uh, Frodo's relatives with her. Okay. Because he wanted to go. And the king said, you can't go. You're going you're to take him to his face, horses, and other. She slipped him in. <laughs> now, when... The Nazgul king came to her on that dinosaur, and then I don't even remember seeing the dinosaur or whatever that creature was. He said, do not get too close. But when, when, when the Nazgul was trying to kill the king, he killed her, her uncle, the king. Alan, the Nazgul ten, him. ten seconds. Now, over the slain body, over the slain body, she said, five seconds. If you touch my father again, I will smite you down. Oh. Oh. That's in the book, The Lord of the Rings. Of course. All right, look, you turned us on. We, we, have, a, we have a bunch of backup calls. I am no man. And if you touch my father again, I will kill you and the creature. And she did. Thank you, thank Alan. You, Alan. Alan, thank you so much. Gotta go. You got to start it. All right, all right, all right. have a good summer. Thank you. Thank you. Go off to the beach. <laughs> a little more wave yeah. sound. Can you get the waves back it. up? We have another caller. Uh, and that's Amy, he shows such an excitement. Look for at the, the passion, sixty-year-old man who goes back to the book time yeah. and time again. Those we want those calls. We want excitement. This is our summer show. That's what, back that's from the fun drive, uh, going into the last few weeks of August and summer. How's the beach sounds? They become like your best well, friends yeah. and your best, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and especially books. when you know you have books that become that important to you that, that become yeah. like a, you know, you come back to them constantly. As an adult, I uh, my favorite book has been this. I've been obsessed with since a teacher recommended it to me in college, uh, freshman year of college, is a book called Just Kids by Patti Smith. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. really, really beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, Patti Smith's memoir. That just came out in paperback. Uh, no, it's been on paperback. It's been? It's, it just, just came uh, out in hardcover. Oh, hardcover. Oh, okay, they reversed it. I thought yeah. I saw it new in the, in the library. The paperback I got, new I think it came release. out about seven years ago. Yeah, when I was... 212-757-5555. We have another we have caller on the line. Janine on the line. Is it Janine? Hello, Janine. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good. You know the beach sounds, don't you? Yes. And, what um, are you reading, and what book saved okay. your life? Well, what? I haven't, you know, I just started the beach. I kind of lost all of June and July, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I just started going. You know how I go okay. every day. But I started going last uh, Thursday, Wednesday on. I'm planning to go tomorrow. Yes, I'm, I'm a reader. I'm a hard copy reader, always have been. Okay. I've always... Put my One, children to bed with a book. Good. Do you know Charlotte's um, Web? Charlotte's Web, just a movie. Pr probably we read it. We had to read it when they were little. Not myself as a child. Okay. But um, I'm 58, but, I, you know, we didn't have much reading going on. But I did as an early teen. My, my, the other side of Midnight, I remember picking that up, and I remember as an early teen an aggressive person. Taylor Caldwell, The Other Side of Midnight. Yeah, I remember reading that as a late teen, and then Aggressive versus Assertive, that was a great book to read entering into early 20s. So, Janine, looking back on your reading history, yeah, my, yeah what do you, what do you think, uh, what function did these books serve for you? Like, Well, those, those were like, after that I really didn't read those books. My main books are on health, mindful. My, you know, mindful way mm. out of depression. Maliki McCart 
with my summer book, my whole, my beach book last summer, okay. which I highly recommend, Death Not Be Fatal, fabulous. Malachi McCourt? Malachi McCourt mm. from WBAI. WBAI, and uh, what is that? Amongst Swimming. Malachi. Right. No, Malachi McCourt. No, I know. No, I know his show. Yeah, yes, yeah. we love him. Yes, yeah, so, but and the one I'm reading now, Danny Boy, I started it this fall, hmm. but I haven't, so I'm going to bring that to the beach tomorrow. So you, there's Boy. an Irishman in your life somewhere. Um, no, I just like Malachi because he's like the dad and the grandfather I never had. Mm. I just I feel mm. such a connection to Malachi. Yeah. But each pray and love. Like I I have every book I have. I'm reading them all at different times. I have mm. different bookmarks. What I feel like yes. I'll open it up. That's me. Right. Yes. Got so it. I'm reading. Yes. Yeah, so I have all my books, but. And yeah, so, so one last question because we're going to go to our Janine, we're going to go to our break, yeah. but just tell me how are these yeah. things soothing? We use the word soothing. Soothing. Well, hearing, well, okay, Maliki's story was very interesting. Soothing. So, soothing would be like eat, pray, and love, uh, the mm -hmm. mindful way out of depression. Those mm -hmm. were great books for me. Um, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm try I wrote it down. But, but even um, the Malachi book has to be soothing on some level. Yeah, very soothing. Must, even though it was hard, you know, a lot of pain that right. you suffered. But I, I mm -hmm. connect with that, so I understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and I read my co-op magazine for my food co-op. You know, I update. Sure, I'm sure, sure, for the like information the reading, part. The Brooklyn paper, my community paper. So those are what I bring with me. Got but it. Miami... When I used to go to Miami to my timeshare, which we lost every July, two weeks on the ocean, when I would go to Publix, when we would supply the kitchen, I would buy the trash. This is funny. You know the trash um, inquirers and all that? Yeah. That was my Miami reading. Yes, I would find that <laughs> so, so that's soothing, too. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're yeah, to put that under the category of soothing. To see about these great stars, you know, they're not so perfect. You know, the bodies in their bathing suits and <laughs> right. all, they would show that. So Janine, that was my Miami reading. Janine, yeah. look, we love Thank your you, call. Janine. Good to hear your voice love you. for months now. Yes, Good to right have you back. There. See you. Bye-bye. Yes, Two Thank, two, you. thank you so much. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. Soothing to see the stars so. and their imperfect bodies. Wow, yeah. that was very alliterative. <laughs> Soothing illiterate. to see the stars. <laughs> <laughs> two one two seven five seven five 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 five. Thank you. How about somebody's a book that saved your life? I mean, talk about soothing, right? Did you have a time when you read a book and you so needed to read that book yeah. that it really? catapulted you or transported you to the next place the next like the world was firm again and now oh, i can i can face too. the next the next transition yeah, the next i i really mm. felt that way with 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 just kids um coming out of my freshman year of college because it's all about mm. this young artist you know patty smith obviously who comes into the east village and she's you know pursuing her dreams and she's like homeless for a couple of years but she's just just creating constantly, writing and drawing and taking photographs and and uh, meeting beautiful people, and it just is inspiring to um, to, to to see that kind of world mm. and go, oh, maybe I can emulate that a little. As bit. an actor, do that. you need to dip into those things? I mean, we 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 have a guy here who produces an actor despairs blog. Here. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's Ryan my, that's, Perez, my, that's uh, my buddy Ryan, a, a yeah. friend of yours from that school. And, yeah. and it strikes me like as an actor's life has to be like you have to manage times when you're not working oh totally yeah it's, it's 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 finding a way to feel like productive when you're not we don't have a normal schedule you know? yeah so i mean reading something like patty smith and looking for uh, and listening to ryan's podcast sure again an actor despairs listening to that could i could see how it could be nurturing like it could be soothing like it could re remind me of who i am what i need to do what right and then, why i'm doing this and i have to say i mean it, it's it's kind of crazy but you know a lot of artists including myself at sometimes we do romanticize like struggling like uh, the struggle represents that we are fighting for cr to create you know that makes I mean? sense sure. and so in a lot of ways this book does represent um you know a very a very uh um uh, easy to connect to story about an artist who struggled and created and found her way to become a great artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it, there is something about that, and you mm. know, the same way with the, with the Ryan's podcast. Uh, yes, 
an actor disparity. Yeah, it's like it's it's this sort of like you know if everything's if it's too nice then it's too easy and it's not art. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there's right. a little bit of something like that. I don't know. You know, it's a little diluted, but <laughs> right, right, right. But I'd love to overhear a conversation of actors talking about how uh, they made it. You know, that's a, you know, in their fifties. You know, they talk. Yeah. They sit around and talk about how I everybody, got here. Everybody jokes that it's like, uh, oh, this person came out of nowhere, and it's yeah. like, no, they've been doing this for fifteen years. Yeah. And they've been and they've been passing out flyers. Right. And they've been bartending, and they've been. Yeah. Um, we're actually just coming to our break now. Um, here almost Great. at 4:30 p.m. here in New York. Uh, on this beautiful summer day, 99.5 can FM. Get, can you get the waves in the background? We're gonna get a little bit of waves. Good. And we're gonna get a little bit, a little bit more music. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. We'll be right back. Absolutely. Here's a uh, honey by Ravina. Honey by Ravina. Beautiful. We're talking about talking wow. about the. Uh, I'm in a beach mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. a little beachy song, right? Right. You know, um, as we were talking during the break, I mean, I remember that uh, Burgess Meredith episode in in the Twilight Zone where he's he's in the. Did you ever see this, Julian? I mean, this you're a millennial. The Twilight Zone, no. black and white. Don't he, you he, call me the. I'm millennial. sorry, I'm, but I'm a year before the millennials. Oh, <laughs> okay. So he's in the ba- he's in this basement of a bank. Yeah. And a bank vault, and then then there's a nuclear bomb. Oh, wow. And everybody's gone, and he comes out afterwards, and he comes out, and everybody's gone. Yeah. And so he's walking the streets, and he walks to a library, Uh and he's giddy with delight. You know, he makes stacks and stacks of books that he's going to get to read now. No more pressures, no more problems, nobody to bother him. He gets to read all the time now. Wow. (laughs) Right. It's a, uh, you know, everybody's dream. And then an, an aftershock happens, and he, he falls, and guess what? His glasses fall off. Oh, no. <laughs> His glasses <laughs> break. Sorry to ruin that for oh, anybody, no. but that's you can get that on YouTube. Yeah, but it kind of speaks to the, the sort of, I think, people who collect books, who have a lot of books. Mm. It's like, this is like, I'm stocking up on time. Like, 
I have a belief that I'll have the time to read all of these at mm, some point. Yeah. And it's like a hopeful kind that of is thing. A hopeful yeah. thing. You know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm like collecting mm. these books and I'm going to have a time when I'm going to read them. But what about also the people that collect books and like don't read them? Ever? Uh, yeah. Because well, I, I mean, I know a lot of people that have huge bookcases of books that they've never mm. read. Yeah. Too, which is also kind of like they're in, sort of in a pursuit of knowledge, but they can't quite get themselves to do it in some ways. Or, or, or maybe they don't they're have planning the time. on the time busy. to do it. Or yeah, yeah, or it feels yeah. good to but have the books But it could be a vanity. It could yeah, be a vanity project too. It's like yeah. a bank of time. Yeah, and and knowledge and yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, so that's yeah. one way to look at a pile of books by your bed as a as a, <laughs> as a book of hope. Yeah. Right. I, I want to get to those books. We do have callers backed up, so we'll take them. Uh, Julian, who's our first caller? Um, it looks like we're gonna have Michael coming through. Louis, why don't you send him through, Mike? Michael. Yeah, send him through. Uh, so. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it's a luxury uh, on yeah, so many levels. One thing, you know, at this time of year, you're at the beach, or you're near a body of water, or something, or you're somewhere in a park, relaxed. You know, you can turn off the switch of got to get to the end got to get yeah. to the end oh i got to get to the next chapter because mm -hmm. that kind of really distorts the whole reading experience also you know by itself yeah it's a yeah it depends on the book for me if it's an exciting book i'm like yeah, i want to know what's, you shooting what's gonna through happen it or next. Are you, yeah but I some i don't yeah. i also know people who are are psychopaths and <laughs> read the end of the book first i just think, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think never. what are you doing <laughs> i would never do what that. Do you, no no i mean no offense to anybody yeah else. yeah but we've got um we've got Michael oh on the God. line? Michael? Yes. Hi, Hello. Mike. Hi. How are How you? How are you doing? Good. Today? Welcome back. Glad to hear you guys. Thank you. Thanks, you. thanks for calling. Yeah. Well, so tell us about your history with books and reading. Well, you know, I um, was introduced to... Wait, uh, is this Michael or Frank? Sorry. Uh, this is Michael speaking. Hey, Michael. Great. Okay. Yeah. Sure well, you. I was introduced to uh, poetry very early, and... Um, Poetry uh, opened the world uh, to other worlds, other realms, other mm. deep meanings, you know, poetry mm. being deep, looking for inner meanings and self-discoveries in these poems. But my father used to open up a book and read to me every once in a while, mm. The Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. Oh, mm. wow. And these couplets mm. were were so uh, I didn't understand them. I was, uh, but I liked the uh, graphics in the books, and mm. and and then I, I I saw the Potter's wheel and 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 all of these symbols that didn't didn't hit me until later on uh, when I um, rediscovered uh, by meeting certain uh, people who. Uh, you know, had some understanding of spiritual pathways. Got it. Yeah, I, so I, mm. the poetries. Yeah. Uh, also, the poets, uh, um, uh, The Prophet by Cahil Gibran. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, it's a wonderful book. So many What about the sounds, uh, Michael? Because this is different than, than novel stuff, right? Po right, po right poetry, poetry has a sound to it. It has a sound. It has a wave. It has a, like you say, the beach. Yeah. It has the yeah. air, the sound of air flowing. It's natural. It isn't mm. trying to uh, have the, the plots and the climaxes, but I think it tries some of the good poetry by, by these gifted ones, spiritual writers mostly, who try to give you an inner meaning. Just like uh, yeah. you guys doing on the positive mind. They give you <laughs> positive... Well, thank you. Oh, it sounds yeah. What a what a spiritual leader he was. The essential enneagram, and yeah. you know, trying to use books to help you get to the next level. Yeah. Well, Mike, it sounds like you've gotten there. Do you return to the Rubaiyat every now yes. and then? Yes, because each of the couplets, um, you know, they 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 it's it's the whole idea of the traveler and the tavern <laughs> and drink. Mm. And uh, mm. uh, the closeness, and, uh, and like the metaphors, mm. and the symbolisms of the mm. Potter's wheel and the Maker, mm. and all of the all of the presidents and the popes—they got to go through the same <laughs> door. <laughs> uh, How about Herman Hesse? Have you read him? Uh, yeah, yeah. Siddhartha was was very good. Yeah. Again, a person uh, enlightened, and this is the pathway that the poetry and and these kinds of writers, Joseph Campbell, they try to put you on to uh, totally. getting high, much higher level 
that, uh, you know, we have to continue uh, and thank God for you guys. Thank you, it. Mike. Thanks thank for you. calling us. Okay. Welcome to last week's of summer. Uh -uh, thank you. Thank you, well. Michael. Yeah, so he brings up such a beautiful point about mm. books. I mean, my God, books hold a culture's, you know, whole history. I mean, books mm. are what we base so much on. Mm. And it's, like, so important for a culture. It's books. A culture's books are so important. Yeah. We teach so much, and we teach through these stories. We learn through the stories. Mm -hmm. It's really, um, And yeah, representative books of a culture, yeah. you know? I mean, there are the founding books, you know, the legal books, the, the government country. books, the mm -hmm. books that establish the country, and then there are the culture books. Yeah, yeah. it's a way of, uh, it's, th it's been the way that we uh, create stories. history as well, too, and, 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 and transcribe it right, for right. so long. Yeah. Our, our, our guy, Louis, who's answering the phones, he's reading War and Peace. Yeah, I mean, and he's in college. That's a he's huge. A that's yeah. a huge, you know, tomb yeah. to read. Oh my but gosh. it's it's you know one of the books of our times and about all time. Mm. So it's it's fascinating. It's a fascinating mm. topic. There's an ambition to reading that book. Oh yeah, <laughs> you have to be ambitious. <laughs> he must you think know? he has I a mean, lot of time. We have to. Keep I read Dostoevsky's <laughs> uh, Brother Karamazov. Oh my God! You know, <laughs> now that's I think harder to read than War and Peace, but I was ambitious at the time. Right. You know, I, I got an, I got I got grounded because I partied a little too hard when I was 14. Mm. Oh <laughs> gosh! And so you got when I was a kid, and my here, dad my dad grounded me and made me read The Idiot. Oh, God. By Dostoevsky. Yes, <laughs> right. He said, because you're being an idiot. And I was like, okay, all right. That's a lesson. 212-757-5555. The Rubaiyat by o Omar Khayyam or, and Khalil Gibran's book, The Prophet. So they could save your life. Those books could save your life. I could see that. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, Hafiz. I've, I've yes, read a the lot poet of Hafiz, Hafiz for that. Rumi. Um, yeah, Rumi. Rumi always comes through. The poetry, the books, the the feeling, the feeling they give. Like poetry, I think, really invokes a very specific feeling in your body. With a very few words, mm. they're really trying to get you into a feeling of space. But most books are doing that. Like, like take um, The Lord of the Rings. I mean, there's a whole world being built. Harry Potter, there's a whole world sure. being built sure. for us to escape into. And, and trance and being transported is something that happens when you read a book. You're being transported out, mm. out of your life. Or... Or you're connecting to certain universal themes. I mean, these stories have been told over and over and over again, but we love a good story. Books are trances, right? Yeah. You get into a trance with a book. Yeah. Right? Reading in general. I mean, there's, again, yeah, reading for reading yeah. for information, yes. reading the paper or whatever, the news, whatever, to, to get up to date on what's happening. But reading, really reading is like a trance mm. you know the, the author's words even poetry especially can be hypnotic and send you into a, a private world mm. yeah we have somebody on we've the got line. frank on the line frank you there yeah hello how you doing hey frank. hey frank how are you okay so i was telling um the phone guy that um this book called the world according to garp by john irving oh, sure. really a really an amazing book Beautiful. um sure. it, it's it's like an early book by john irving and John Irving's like one of the best living American writers right now. And that what, it was made into a movie with Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. That's right. At the time. That's right. Yeah. It's a very unique story of, um, of an individual, his life, from childhood uh, to, get, to growing up and becoming famous for weird reasons and all that stuff. Mm. He becomes a writer as well. Okay. Um, it's, just, it's just a wild story. It's, a, it's very... I recommend it to everybody. There's a big drama in that with his mother, isn't there? Does he yeah, have, yeah. have issues? Yeah, he never it? got to know his father too well. So his mother in the movie, it's uh, Glenn Close, and uh, yeah, he does a lot with his mom. Okay. And the book also, check it out. The book also has a trans character. Mm. Oh wow! Way before its time in the eighties, that before, was. Yes, yeah. It's it's a, it's a football. That's player. right, I mean, John. Uh, uh, John Lithgow. Lithgow plays a trans character. That's right. Right. That's exactly it. A football player who wants, who becomes a woman. So, how did you yeah. identify, or how, what do you find in this story that that maybe echoes something in your life? That's just like something that what was happening to him that I. I, I really liked. I mean, any story about um, a central character, with the the, the the you have a good conflict in a story, and 
Mm. And also the character has to want to do something. The worst stories are where characters have things happening to them. That's not good. Okay. The best stories are where, where characters have to do stuff and they want to do something, even if they're not too sure of what they want to do, at least they have some sort of a plan or a goal. And if they don't have that, then there's no point in reading the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to feel they have a motivation and some agency in their lives. Yeah, they got to have that. They gotta, a, yeah, it could, uh, and a conflict as well. That's yeah, what you want to read the rest through. of the story. Yeah, how they get through different conflicts. Yeah. And if somebody were to write a story about Frank, what would the story be titled, Frank? Um, I don't... <laughs> That's a hard question. Uh, uh, the Individualist. How about that? There you go. Oh, so did you listen to us during the fun drive when we <laughs> talked about the Individualist, the four, and the Enneagram? Oh, no, I missed it. I oh, guess you that, well, I, you can I, listen wow. to that on WBAI.org, yeah. The Positive Mind. We talked about the Individualist, this character in life who is struggling against all odds to find his own identity. Mm-hmm. You know, that he felt different than his parents, and I think Garp felt different than his mother. Uh, and struggles to find their own identity against a lot of, you know, terrible, terrible odds. Is that kind of uh, what you've been up against? No, no, no. Uh, my identity's fine. I, I, I know what it is. Um, but if you're going to talk about individualism, then you have to go, come on, you have to do the fountainhead. You have to go oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Iran territory. And yeah. I know uh, BAI, BAI, I know you guys don't like capitalism too much. But that's the, that's the way it is. That's Anne Rand. We can. I know she's um, she's a, a champion of capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm into. That's what I'm into. Okay, but you're stuff, you're you know. you're you're designing your own future, your own life. It sounds like you're an individual. We, did you have brothers growing uh, up? Two sisters. Two sisters. Two no sisters. Brothers. No brothers. So you're trailblazing um, the identity of your family uh, in the masculine world. Uh, whatever it is, yeah. Frank, thanks whatever. so much for calling. Thank you. I hope you get to the beach. Okay. 212-757-5555. You know, I mean, Nasima, I think, and, and Julian, I think all yeah. the narrators in books can be one of the f- the nine types of the Enneagram. Oh, I'm sure. When we oh, think oh, about yeah, it, sure. right? Yeah. Well, uh, Russ, Russ Hudson and, and they, they talk about how... Don Rizzo. Uh, Don Rizzo and Russ Hudson talk about um, Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling being a five. Hmm. Right. Because he cerebral. became cerebral. Yes. He became masterful. He yeah. had to master something mm-hmm. that nobody else knew. Mm. You know, he, yeah. Yeah, so the Enneagram is really she, fun. You can learn to you can learn to type other people. Yeah, well. and then she totally created this whole world, you know, and so that's a very typical yeah. five kind of thing. Right. To do. So if you're reading a novel, you might look into these these Enneagram types and see yeah. which one it is, and maybe you'll. So I imagine I imagine Tolkien can, is also you a can, five. You can, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yes. You can predict the outcome of the book just by identifying what what the narrator is yeah, up against. Right. Okay, we've got Peter on the line, Peter. Hello. Hey, hey Peter. On, Peter. Thanks Hi. for calling in. You know, I was thinking of that uh, Twilight Zone, Burgess Meredith, That's right? That's right. Yeah. Kevin. And it's important to foreshadow it because when he's home, his wife is badgering him. You're always reading, whatever. And when he's at work at the bank, he likes to read. And that's why he was in a bank vault. He, like, would go away in privacy. And that's the time when he had... And he happened to be there when there was a nuclear bomb and the world was leveled. And then when he gets out there, he's, like, stacking up books at the local library. (laughs) He's like, free at last, free at last. And then, of course... His glasses do slip off as foreshadow oh, earlier uh, scenes. Oh, and then the, when oh. He's, he's sitting down, he's got his stacks of books, and when he sits down, his glasses fall off. Right. <laughs> so, and break. Yeah, um. and so first thing first, make sure you know where the optometrist is before you sit down. <laughs> That's okay. a good point. And, uh, right. I, and I, I also wanted to say I like you talking about the beach and uh, reading at the beach, but before that, we, you were talking about poetry. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, Mike, my, Mike was talking about poetry, yeah. Yeah, here's my, I love poetry because it's containable. You can memorize it, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. Here's, my, here's my newest poem. You ready? It goes like this. First and third have five. The second line has seven. Syllables, that is. 
Oh, <laughs> you're you're a uh, uh, what is what is haiku. A haiku. A haiku. Haiku. That's right. right. My friend, my friend just uh, yeah, just started writing a bunch of haikus for me and my friends too. Right. Yeah. Haikus are they're, they're great. It's like I, I like that one because it, it tells you the format of the haiku. Yes. Right. Yes. Peter, moon oh. through my window. You know oh, the right, rest, right. right? Yes. But what was that one? It says, uh, Spring Moon Awakens. Oh, that's haiku, too. Mm. Spring Moon Awakens and Reaching Through My Window Dispels the Darkness. Thank you. But we know. Oh, there, there was a... Uh, oh, 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 but you're talking about being at the beach. And there's an interesting thing that the word read means interpret. It doesn't mean text, necessarily. That's why you can read the expression on someone's place. Mm. Face, or the defense reads the offense, so they knew they were going to throw a pass. Mm -hmm. That's a, it, it's interpreting. And the greatest, to me, the greatest movie about reading is Papillon. Right? Papillon? Remember? The prisoner Papillon. in the French? Remember uh, Steve McQueen's yes. old man? And he's sitting on the cliff, and he's watching these waves smash into the cliff. And you can't get off the island. Why? Because if you jump off, it'll smash you against the cliff. But he has this insight. He goes, wait. If you, every 27th wave, it'll pull you out. So he makes a raft out of coconuts. In other words, he was... He like read the waves. To the he detail, read the waves. Oh. He read the waves. Peter, you're the best. Thank you so <laughs> much. For, Peter. Thanks for calling us, Pete. Okay. Be bye well. Bye. Wow, that's a lot crammed into two minutes. Yeah. Right? Burgess <laughs> Meredith, Papillon. Some good stuff. Definition of reading and Never a haiku. Two haikus to boot. Wow. Isn't that interesting? A lot of prep there. Yeah, no, I like yeah. it, though. It was a lot of knowledge. It was good. And, like, yeah, it's an interesting point. You know, yeah. it's like when we're reading, we are interpreting whatever we read, too. Mm. You know, I feel guilty doing lens. that. Hmm. Right? I mean, you want to read the author's words, but, I mean, are you interpreting the whole time? I'm well, interpreting, like, okay, well, in that chapter. Ways, in some ways, you're always interpreting, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I mean, if you're just reading it, you're just taking in the words. I mean, yeah. if you're just... Right. Doing the text. Right. You're you're just taking in the words. So I guess you are interpreting the whole time. Two one two seven five seven five 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 five. So something we we came across was bibliotherapy. Yes, and I wanted to talk a little bit more about that because you know there are books for people that are struggling with certain conditions. You know, and you could mm -hmm. go to your librarian and just ask, what would I uh, what would I do with uh, a loss of a child? What book would I would I I look for yeah. right that's for autodidacts right people that teach themselves yes yeah yeah and then you can or, or you can organize book clubs like a, a, a yeah. grief club around mm -hmm. the death of a child Anne hood's book comfort or your loss of a husband or a spouse joan didion's book the year of magical thinking depression of course um you could read uh william styron's oh, there's so many books on on depression but bill styron's book D darkness visible Mm. is a great book but also Ali Brosh's Hyperbole and a Half yeah. so um, you know for whatever condition uh, you're suffering from drug addiction uh, the tennis partner mm. you know a, an, an addiction takes you out of partnership Yeah. and if you're a tennis partner and you have an addiction you're not going to show up you're not going to show up you're isolated you're playing by yourself um, for 20-somethings, you know, angst, Cheryl Stryad's book, uh, Tiny Beautiful Things. For trauma, we talked a lot about trauma. We should have mentioned this book, Eva Ager's book, The Choice, The Choice mm. in Trauma. I'm intrigued by that. Because I am is, too. is trauma a choice in any way? I mean, they yeah. we, we talked about post-traumatic growth disorder. Right. Oh, right. Last well, week, where Julian, uh, if people suffer a second trauma, right, right, they're much more resilient and more prepared, and they're ready right. to handle it and get over it more quickly. Mm -hmm. And so they can help other people also who are suffering traumas. Right. Hey, we've actually got one last caller, just a couple of minutes, but we've got Kelly on the line. Kelly, you there? Hey, Kelly. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, hey, thank you for going? taking my call. Thank you. Um, sure. Yeah, I... Um, I don't know what category I can put myself, because I own many, many books, uh, and obviously I have more books I can read in seven lifetimes. Good uh, for you. And I just hoard mm. books like foolishness, huh. um, and I'm, it, it's almost crowding me out of my living space. I live in an apartment. Are they, d d uh, is it a comfort on some level, having so many books around? It is. You know, um, uh, this isn't what I told the screener, but basically um, I remember having a very vivid dream uh, when I was living in a house with my parents, yeah. that in a dream uh, there were bookcases all along all the walls in the house and they were full of books. Wow. And 
and it was it was almost like an amateur lending library kind of situation, <laughs> and it was really bizarre. But I, mm. I mean, books have come. You know, when I was younger, um, you know, I was led to believe that books can be good friends. I believe and, so. Uh, yeah. And I've actually worked on trying to read challenging books. What I told the screener mm-hmm. was I'm reading Proust right now, Marcel Proust. Yeah, good for you. And, uh, you know, he wrote a series of seven novels mm. that many years ago were, were called um, Remembrance of Things Past. Right. Um, and I had to work up to this. You know, I mean, yeah. I've, I've read some really challenging books. I read Ulysses by James Joyce. Okay. I read Gravity's Rainbow by Thomas mm-hmm. Pynchon. Sure. Uh, I've read three novels by Henry James. Um, wow. The most recent one was The Portrait of a Lady. Right. So I've read wow. a, a lot of really challenging work. Sure. And, um, and in a way, I've kind of worked up to Proust, because I mm. tried to read him many, many years ago, and I, I, the, the prose is fairly dense, and it, you, you have to really apply oneself to that. And, um, and hypnotic, I'm doing too. That now. I've gotten actually into his rhythm of um, discourse yeah. and then uh, like I'm on page 800 something Wonderful. and I'm Wonderful. on I'm actually into the third of the seven novels and um, mm. I read the first novel many many years ago and vacillated about can I finish this and I'm I'm 65 actually I just turned 65 last week and um, I want to see if I can finish Proust before before I can't do it anymore. Yeah. And so that's, I'm in the third novel. Wonderful for you. There must be something soothing about reading for you in general. Oh, there is. And, and when, I was, uh, when I was younger, in the eighth grade, um, I, t- you know, I, I took a battery of tests like a lot of kids. Yeah. And I took a reading comprehension test. Okay. And um, we were given a scale um, based on that test. Right. Um, it was a six-point scale. And my scale began at 97% and went up to 103%. Wow. That was my reading comprehension score. This has so really been a companion for you. Wow, you were born lucky. Born with a yeah, gift. Yeah, well, but also I applied myself. Yeah, but it sounds, like you've, it sounds like you've kept at it. Um, yeah, and, I've, and it, you know, because I, I, I really did um, believe this thing about uh, books being friends. You know, books I, can be friends. Of all and the books, sometimes I haven't always been up to my friends, but uh, I mean, mm. I've always tried to stock my library with challenging work, you know. With and also a, a very good book I'd recommend to almost anyone is How to Read a Book by, by um, uh, Mortimer J. Adler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. um, gosh, what's his name? Um, um, I know his name too. I have the book. Y- yeah, he. Um, How to read a bu- uh, another yeah. philosopher. He's a philosopher. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he co-authored it with, uh, with like I don't know, Van Doren, Charles Van Doren, I think. Yes, yeah, those hundred books Something that like they that. came up yeah. with, sure. And right, and it was originally written in 1940, and it was updated in 1972. I learned a tremendous amount about uh, reading from reading that book, How to Read a Book. I, uh, I, you know, it sounds like a foolish title, but it isn't. Kelly, thank you for closing us out. You really proved our point. Books can be companions, and it's a very intimate thing to do, to be reading. Hope you don't take Proust to the beach with you, though. No, no, no. I have actually a, <laughs> a really uh, a used copy. Uh, it's in two volumes. Okay, seven but volumes, not allowed to take it to the beach. Volumes, and okay. I keep them here in my house. I'm not going to take them take out James, anywhere. Take James Patterson. Thanks <laughs> for calling us, Kelly. Uh, have have a good rest of summer. Thank you, Be well. Kevin, and thank you, Julian. And Reminding thank you, you that uh, we could use some BAI buddies. Give to uh, WBAI.org uh, for the buddy program. I'm Kevin O'Donoghue with Julian Joyello and Nasima hey. Diane Deemer. Thanks, guys. And Luis on the phone. And Louis on the phone. Thank you so much and, for listening. And a little more waves. Just take us out. Yeah. Be well, everybody. Bye.
daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If a daddy's poor, just do what you feel. Speed along the lane, you can turn or return to 25. When the sun goes down, you can make it big and good and early five. When I dread people, when I daddy, when I paint, we love everybody, but we do as we please. When the weather's fine, we go fishing or go swimming in the sea. We're always happy, lives we're living, yeah, that's our philosophy. Sing along with us, dee 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 dee. 